Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Fends them dummy half. It's with the halfback William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyf, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shanderoel, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Tim Williams. Uh, we've got the full quartet on the show today. The first bloke, I don't normally introduce him first, but I think after a rich vein of form, I think he's warranted it. Uh, it is the SC Spy who is just absolutely flying in Supercoach at the moment after a slow start. Spy, how are you, mate? Mate, bloody, I'm pumped. Don't you worry about that. I'm, uh, as you said, not the fastest of starts, but I knew I had a pretty good side under the belt early. And um, yeah, look, I've had a big few weeks, so hopefully I can keep nailing them and then even a few of the guys I own have pretty good draws coming up as well. I've managed to get through a couple of tricky encounters, so fingers crossed I can keep it rolling. Nice, mate. Uh, what's the side up to now and what uh, sort of what went right for you, what went wrong for you on the weekend? I don't think much went wrong. Yeah, not much went wrong. Um, into 700th, which interestingly last time I was on the podcast was only two weeks ago and I think I was like, Maybe nine or ten thousand. So it shows how quickly things can change. So certainly, if you're out there, don't panic. You just got to get a few things right, and it'll start to trend up there. Um, basically, starting with Jerome Luai, Toa, and Fafita have just been enormous for me. Not only have they given me points and price rises, but I'm not scrambling to get them in now. So I'm in a position to to save trades or or take a few attacking moves elsewhere. Um, and Christian Welch turning up as well was absolutely beautiful on a Saturday afternoon over a few beers. Uh, so happy days. The only real downsides were Tino, but I think most owned him, and he went to an edge. I sort of didn't foresee many points once that happened. Um, and obviously Teddy, who um, got shut down pretty well by Cronulla, who really slowed the play of the ball on the weekend. They, um, they did a really good job against the Chook, so we'll, we'll get into that a bit more later. Mm, good stuff, mate. Uh, also joining us is another man in a rich vein of form, uh, and that is 2019 NRL Supercats champion Desi Creek. Desi, talk through your form, mate. Flying. Yeah, yeah. I was pretty chuffed with my uh, my trades last week there, Timmy. Um, I ended up uh, pulling the trigger on getting David Fafita and Monster in, which uh, really, oh, helped, yeah. really helped boost my score up to 1,300-odd uh, mm. and moved me up to 591st overall. And uh, also, yeah, my man Isaiah Popoli'i went over for another try, um, which has, yeah, been one of my major pods against the rest of the top sort of thousand players there. And also, obviously, Sam Walker as well. Another big bonus. Took the risk to play him. 
Um, I think we all did, and yeah, it worked out really well. Mate, just a subtle dig at me without even realising why I didn't play Sam Walker. <laughs> but anyway, mate, yeah, have your fun because we'll uh, we'll get into this later. Uh, also joining us to make up the quartet, we are we're back to four just for this episode. Uh, it is twenty nineteen era super super coach runner up, Wilson Carlos. Wiles, how are your boys tracking, mate? Yeah, Timmy, not as good as the other two boys. I had a decent uh, round, 1,221 points. Um, it pushed me back about 300 spots, but I'm still in 1,579th place, about just over 500 points off the lead, so I'm within range. So, um, yeah, I'm happy. I mean, a couple of underperforming front rowers for me in Tino and Paulo, um, but I did get... Pappy as captain, which I think most people would have had. So, and I brought in Fafita, which was a really good trade for um, Cheese in hindsight. So, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, the Fafita plays from you boys were huge. Of course, obviously, the spy who started the year with him. Uh, and, fellas, it's been a massive start for the SC Playbook writers this season, uh, all barring the mighty or the not so mighty Kuma Stallions. What a flop of a week for us. We dropped from 7,000 to 8,000 with a score of 1,062. Uh, one of them rounds where just things didn't go right for me. Uh, no David Fafita being the big one. Uh, that really hurt. Had a game of footy on Saturday. First trial game of the season. Got a win up. Pretty happy coming off the field. Heard the news that Fafita got a hat-trick and it was just like, well, that's the day ruined. So not to worry about that. Coming off the Raiders loss as well. So tough weekend, super coach-wise, NRL-wise. Um, played Tessie New over Charlie Staines, got in Teague Wilton, which I'm absolutely wrapped with, but I ended up playing him over Sam Walker, which looked good until the last 10 minutes of that Sharks-Roosters game. Um, not too concerned about it, though. Um, I'm, I'll talk. I'll get into it in a lot more detail in a minute. Uh, I'm going to get a, a bit of a heated chat with Desi Creek, I reckon, um, all about taking the long-term approach to Supercoach. We'll get into that in a minute. On today's show, we're going to change up the structure just a little bit. Um, we're going to, as opposed to going through the game-by-game team news and talk about every single team and maybe chat about a few less relevant Supercoach players, uh, change it up, a few different um, ideas. We'll do our punting plays, our, our bold predictions, talk about all the hot topics of the week. Uh, what we need from you, if that's all right, is to come back uh, and hit us up on our socials, maybe direct message us on you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and let us know if you prefer this format of the show uh, or the one that we've typically gone with going through each of the team news uh, so that we can get it better for what you want to hear. We will start with our topic, and that is going short-term strategies versus long-term strategies in Supercoach. Basically, it's cropped up as a result of how Desi's approached the season versus how I've approached the season. Desi's a very short-term, thinking as many points as he can get week by week. I've been a bit more patient going long-term. Desi sits in the top 1,000. I'm sitting at 8,000. Um, so, I mean, I'm happy with where I am. Desi's obviously happy with where he is. Um, just quickly to, to brief you on what I mean by short-term versus long-term. Uh, Desi has started the year with a lot of NPRs, non-playing reserves in his team. Um, so whereas I sort of wanted to get a 25-man squad of full players to generate as much um, value as I could. I've chased pretty much well, most of the cash cows this season. Desi, not as much. He's gone probably more the guys with more point upside. Um, and then things like last weekend, I think me and Desi both had Cody Walker. He was to miss a week. I held him to save the trade and save a gun player. Desi got in Cam Munster. Uh, so it's very different approaches to Supercoach. Desi, I'll throw to you now, and you can and talk us through uh, why you've gone uh, probably the shorter-term approach uh, as opposed to a longer-term approach chasing those points. 
Yeah, it's an interesting topic, this one, boys. Um, as you said, I've always been a fan of chasing the points over cash because I guess it, I've got bias towards it. It worked for me in the 2019 season. So, like, I, I don't ever really hesitate to trade out one keeper for another, I guess. Um, so, in the past, I guess, even still to this day, there's, like, a big stigma around trading out keepers because it's, it's coined the term sideways, I guess. Um, and I just really don't like that way of thinking anymore when it comes to Supercoach. So it sort of got me thinking, like, how can any trade ever be considered sideways? It's it's just silly terminology. When you think about the game, it's just an attacking stat feast based heavily around upcoming fixtures. It's not sideways. It, it's it's a, it's a different human being. You know, you know what I mean. It's like so. Just to give the listeners out there some reference going back to my winning season in 2019 I actually traded out Latrell um in and out of my tra- my team three times on three separate occasions and it was those three trades that sort of allowed me to make up a lot of points on people around me so that's why I sort of always emphasize timing of trades over any other aspect of the game so Timing your trades is just so critical. If you if you do want to have a chance at even just making the top hundred, let alone winning it, you have to time everything pretty much to perfection, as you would you boys would know. So yeah, I, I just think that we're in the middle of like a massive paradigm shift in the way you should view trades. Um, I, I'll go into a little bit more depth this week. Um, I'll put out a little strategy article on it. But yeah, I I do believe that players' ceilings and matchups are becoming a lot more important than base stats. Just as the gap between sort of good and bad teams continues to grow each year, and I think it's been exacerbated by the rule changes as well in the last couple of years. So, but like this whole spiel isn't to say that generating team value and prioritizing cash cows isn't the best option at the start of the season. But like I I feel that we've got to a point where you can still be build team value and prepare for the buy rounds, but also rotate gun players based on, on the draw. Sort of like what we saw with the uh, fullbacks last season um, with Ponga, Turbo, Paps and Teddy. I think you can almost apply that rotational principle across the entire paddock now. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, mate, it's important that, uh, to note exactly what you just said. There's no right or wrong answer to this. We just thought we'd have a discussion about it. And, mate, I'm so intrigued um, to see where yourself and and I end up on the overall uh, rankings by the end of season, just to see how maybe the approaches uh, have gone differently. We might be neck and neck. Who knows? Um, mate, my question for you is that, so, I, as I said, I'm, pretty, I'm happy with how my team's set up, the amount of money I'm making. My team's already worth a reasonable amount uh, more than yours. I saved a trade last week. I think you've burnt through all your trades. Come origin period, which we didn't have last year, which I think people have sort of, super coaches have got it out of their minds already, um, how important it is to save trades, uh, particularly as we need to burn them all over that origin period. Mate, if your squad values a fair bit less than others come origin and particularly after origin when you're trying to buy guns back, uh, are you not worried about not having that team value and, and the trades up your sleeve come that time or what? No, I'm not too worried at all, to be honest. Um, Because the season I won, I I did burn every single trade all the way up to that period. And it just, it didn't affect me at all. Um, And and there's, as we saw from Team List this week, there's lots of good cheapies just emerging. You've got Curran, Simpkins, um, 
a few a few others coming through like that you can just slap straight into your team generate some money real quick that they'll just keep popping up um i, I really ha- don't put too much focus on salary cap because i remember also when i won i i had like a salary cap that i think was over a million less than a lot of other players in the top 10 so it's yeah it really just doesn't strike me as that important mm, yeah and i mean Factors that I see having changed as recently as the last two years since you won it is number one uh, is that the we, we've seen new rules, we've seen a quicker game, we've seen more injuries. I think we're going to see more rested players across the year, particularly the back end of the year as a result of this. We saw it at the back end of last year with the first of these sort of new quicker ruck rules introduced into the NRL and we saw those last few rounds blokes getting rested all over the shop. Come that last round of the year, there wasn't a player in Supercoach who had 17 active players. So it was madness. It's only going to get worse this year, hence why I think it's important to have uh, as close to 25 active players as you can, and I think there's less of a place for NPRs in Supercoach this season. We'll throw to the other boys and get their thoughts because they're a little bit more in between you and I. I'm probably a little bit too long-term. You're, you maybe are a little bit too short-term. Uh, the other two fall somewhere in the middle. Um, Spy, I'll start with you, mate. What's your take on it? Yeah, great chat, boys. We, um, as you said, for me, I'm somewhere in the middle, but I probably lean a little bit. If I'm sixty percent Des, I'd be forty percent Tim on this one. I, um, I think it's really important to remember exactly what you said in that buys are coming up and injuries at the end of the year. If you can save a few trades and have a few up the sleeve that others don't, that can allow you to have some really quality plays at the back end of the season. But on the Des approach to things, if you can nail a few blokes who go 100 or 150 plus that sides don't have, then potentially you can sort of do that over the opening couple of months of the season. And that all comes back to the new style of footy at the moment, which is a lot of points getting scored. Um, I think you just have to, every time you make a trade, think, is it worth doing? For me, if you're going to bring in a cheapie, I think you'd want them to make at least 100k uh, and potentially more. And if you're chasing points, you'd want them to have the ability to go 100-plus at the absolute minimum. A good example of that would be Alex Johnson I grabbed two weeks ago. And he ended up going okay, but he had the potential to score a couple of hundreds in a row against not-so-great teams. So that's sort of where my head's at. Yeah. Uh, All good. Good shouts there, mate. And one thing I'll I'll touch on there is I think yourself and Desi are both right in that you do – again, I'm not going to waste trades when a bloke's out for one week and trade an absolute out-and-out gun – but because the ceilings are so high and we're seeing players go 150 to 200, again, it didn't happen as commonly even two years ago. Uh, it is important to chase those scores. So in that essence, uh, I can understand the need to trade a little bit more commonly. Whilst, what do you think on it all, mate? Yeah, I think historically I've been a lot more in Dez's camp, um, even even more so than Dez, I think, you know, like uh, even that year when I came second to him, um, I would just trade blokes in, I wouldn't say on a whim, but it was very short-term sort of mentality um, and I would go for the real pod plays where I saw someone with a really good matchup, and then worry about working it out afterwards. I think now I'm start- starting to morph into um, somewhere in between where I'm looking a little bit more long-term. This year I probably looked at buy plan more, more than ever um, sitting in 1500th place at the moment, I'm just looking for how am I going to make up that 510 points or whatever that I'm behind first on the field. Generally what I do is I go every week and I set up a rivalry between myself and the top 
10 or 15 players and then try to see if I can beat 75% of them every week. Um, just, yeah, and then, I, and then I look for I look for players that um, can give me the edge over other players so they have that edge. At the moment, I'm, you know, it's really hard because, like, I, I, I tend to agree with Desi in the fact that I don't think you really need to push the cash generation because the clubs that are getting pumped at the moment um, are going through rebuilds and there's just players popping up left, right and centre that present value opportunities that you're going to grab. Like Jake Simpkin, for instance, I traded him out two weeks ago and I don't regret it because I needed to get in um, Jaden Braley, but I'll probably get him back in my side before the buy because I think he'll be a locked in uh, probably in three weeks, to be honest, after he's played his two games and that. But, you know, he, he's the type of bloke that's just popped up out of nowhere. I always felt like he was on the radar um, actually, Spy told me in the preseason that he was probably a bloke they'd bring in in the early rounds. So he's been on my radar. And, there, and there's there there's a number of players like that if you look below the surface and really follow um, the squad development and that. it's um, It can really pay off in Supercoach. Yeah, no, good calls, mate. It's, it's, it's a really intriguing conversation to have and I'm, I'm fascinated to see how it plays out over the course of the season uh, and come the end of the season when inevitably yeah, blokes are getting rested, injured, whatever's. Um, so a good one to follow anyway. As you said, there's no right or wrong answer, um, but yeah, we'll see how it all goes anyway. Uh, guys, Quantum have jumped on board as a sponsor for the SC Playbook podcast this season. Uh, very, very exciting for us and really thankful to Quantum for supporting us this season. Uh, Adam DeRussi, the, the contributor for SC Playbook, does an absolute belter of an article, uh, is the CEO and founder. He'll hopefully be on the podcast next week to chat us through his article uh, and how he goes about his statistics. Uh, it's an absolute ripping read. Quantum are Australia's premier data science and artificial intelligence company. If you're interested in a career fueled by game-changing analytics, break away from the pack by joining the Quantum team today. Fellas, let's get stuck into a few top sport punting plays for the week. I will recap last week's. Boys, we had an absolute stellar start to the year. The articles were on the money. Uh, our tips on the show were on the money. Last week, we've come back to the pack with some stinkers. Desi had the Warriors to cover the line into RTS scoring against Manly. No good. Walsh had a Titans win, got that, but went into Warriors to cover the line. No good. The Spy had AJ and Pappy to score two tries each and multi there, which was uh, pretty leery but didn't come off. And I had a Pappy double as well, which I thought was terrific value at four bucks. No good as well. Boys, I've done the leaderboard up, uh, which I'll be doing throughout the season so I can get a bit of banter going. Leading the way. On $57.50 profit is the Spy. Just behind him, I'm $56.50. Desi is down $1. Walsh is down $20. Didn't help himself with an 801 multi to start round one. Fellas, let's get into this week's tips. Um, I'll start with you, Spy, because you are the one that's up a mon- uh, up just narrowly, actually. What have you got for us? It's tied up the top there, Timo. Um, good place to be, though. The only thing I'm annoyed at is I haven't put on any, any of my bets on yet, so I've cost myself a bit of money there. <laughs> we'll, we'll start this weekend. Uh, a little bit trickier this weekend. I initially I actually put a tweet out Sunday night. I'd love to claim this one, but I don't think I can because it wasn't on top sport at the time. But I think Penrith should cover the line against Brisbane at Suncorp there. Um, it was actually at start at like 21 points. It's now out to about 26 and a half. So I'm a little bit more nervous just in case they uh, take it a bit easy. But I'll go Penrith to cover the line, which uh, will be interesting. 
and then the Titans to also cover the line against Manly. And I think it's only six and a half points. So I think that's a pretty good bet. Uh, multi those up and you get yourself about 360. Good stuff, mate. Um, Desi Creek next up. What have you got? Um, I've targeted this uh, the first game of the week here. I just think it'll be an absolute slaughter. So I've gone Brian Tall, first try scorer, and Ooh. Nathan Cleary anytime in the same multi, and it's paying 18 bucks 43 Jeez, cents. Mate. That's good. That is daring. Looking to bridge, put a big gap on us there, mate. Uh, Walsh? Yeah, I'm going to go with a three-leg multi, uh, boys. Uh, I like Manly to continue on with their winning form uh, over the Titans at 265 into – the Raiders at a dollar sixty-seven. I think that's pretty good value to beat the Eels without Dylan Brown. And I'm going to go to the Tigers plus eighteen against the Rabbitohs. Um, that's three-leg multi at twelve dollars sixty-three. So I reckon that's pretty good value. Nicely done, mate. Um, I'll be going with the Bunnies to cover the line against the Tigers. The line's seventeen and a half. Um, gives you a dollar ninety, which I think is a really, really good bet there. The Tigers have got changes all over the place. Cody Walker back in for a full strength bunnies outfit. Look out there. Um, and then I'm going to go that into the Panthers to cover the twenty six and a half line against the Broncos. Uh, so you'll get a touch under four bucks for that one. Um, as for our our Friday punting plays, the article that comes out of a Friday about lunchtime that's that's whipped up. Uh, so far, we're up two hundred over two hundred and fifty dollars. We've won based on ten dollars per bet. I think it's been about seventeen or eighteen bets. Uh, we've won four hundred and forty from one hundred and ninety dollars. So having plenty of success there. Uh, if you do want to follow our tips, all markets and odds are taken exclusively from Top Sport. Uh, if you do use uh, join up, use the code SC Playbook when doing so. Eighteen plus only. Gamble responsibly. Fellas, let's get into the hot topics of the week again. So rather than going through the team by teams, I'm just going to rattle off some of the big issues that we're looking at. Uh, I'll throw them at all of you. Feel free to chime in whenever and we'll see what we can get through. Um, the first one I want to speak about is Teddy and Latrell. Uh, a lot of people jumped off Teddy last week for Latrell. Uh, so far, so good. Latrell had a big ton. Teddy got, what, 50 or 60 odd, so not a lot. Massive price swing there. The break even suggests the same will happen again this week. Um, I'll start with you, Spy. Is the Teddy to Latrell trade still on? Teddy having the tough matchup against the Storm, Latrell another nice one against the Tigers, or was the time to do it last week? Look, I think the time to do it was last week if you're going to take the punt. In saying that, Latrell's break-even is 18 and Teddy's is right up there as well. So you could look to do it, but I'll go back to the same thing and back to what you were speaking about before is to do that, you're going to have to – you may make some cash, but Teddy could go off with a monster score. Latrell, we don't know what's going to happen with him week to week. And then if you do that, you're going to have to trade Teddy back in, who will then play Origin. So it's like, I think you just hold Teddy now if you've got him, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit worried just because it's not the Kiri factor either. It's uh, it's actually just the forwards at the Roosters I spoke about a few weeks ago. They went well against the Warriors and Teddy looked dynamic as usual. But last week, Cronulla really slowed the play of the ball with the Roosters a lot. So... I think that's what makes it harder for the the outside backs, fullbacks and halves to score really well. Um, and I'm really curious to see if Cronulla did that. Are other teams going to be able to do that to the Roosters? Probably not. But for me, it's all about speed of the play of the ball, and I'll be hoping the Roosters get that back. I'll be holding Teddy. 
Yeah, fair play to there, mate. Um, it's it's just an intriguing one because it's it's such a well, I guess it's not that high a risk uh, with the draws that the two sides do have. Um, but it's it's obviously a valid enough play. Whilst is it something that you're considering? Or again, my question was the sh- time to do it last week. Yeah, it's sort of you've maybe missed the boat a bit. Is um, but certainly those uh, people. I don't know, I know a few that I've seen on Twitter that that went from Teddy to. Latrell uh, a couple of weeks ago have done well, so yeah, might uh, might just a uh, I don't know if you, you could definitely still do it this week, um, but um, you might you've sort of missed a couple of weeks. Yeah, boys, just on that, I've just had a quick look at the fixtures. I know for a fact the the draw for South isn't actually that good in a couple of weeks. Um, they have to play the Raiders, the Storm, Penrith, the Eels, then they have the bye. Whereas if you look at Teddy, he does have Melbourne this week, but after that it goes St George, who we don't know how they're going to continue on, Newcastle, who have been very flaky, Parra's a little bit tricky, but then they go Cowboys, Broncos, and then Canberra, which is a bit, t- bit tougher. But they've got Cowboys in there, Broncos in there, Knights, St. George. So comparing those draws, that's when you'd be wanting want to be owning Teddy because he could explode. And we don't know what Latrell's going to do against those tougher mobs. Desi, Dave Fafida is now 754K. That's a lot of money for a back rower with a base of just 46, which is, it's not terrific for for a, four, uh, a bloke at that price uh, and an 80-minute back row in general. Obviously, we know he's got that attacking upside, which we've seen week in, week out. You three all own. I'm very jealous. I wish I did. Uh, for someone like me, I'm I'm prioritising getting Brian Toto at a much more affordable price this weekend with a really good run again uh, coming up, particularly the Broncos this weekend at Suncorp Stadium. At the current price, do you have to do everything you can to get Dave Fafita in, or you know, is it a case of, all right, well, there's maybe an extra two hundred I can spend elsewhere, two hundred k I can spend elsewhere? Um, yeah, I think you just have to pull the trigger and get him in. I think he's just he's proven himself to be an absolute must-have. I had the suspicion last week, and that's why I sort of traded out Barnett to get him, and which it seems super sideways, but in the end, it it made me an extra hundred points. Um, He's, he's got a ceiling of 150. It's just critical to get him in. And and Titans also have a good draw, much like the Panthers. So, um, I, yeah, I think you just have to pull your team apart to get him, unfortunately. Mm, it is a really, really good draw. Mainly this week, then the Bunnies, Broncos, Tigers, Panthers, Bulldogs. Whilst, what are your thoughts, mate? Pull your pull your side apart for David Fafita? Or, you know, is there a chance we get him below 700k at some stage? And then, obviously, there's Origin on top of that. Yeah, I think it's tough to me because um, I grabbed him last week, so I was really, really happy with that. But it's um, yeah, it's tough when you sort of miss them on those weeks. You feel like you're chasing your tail a bit. It's uh, a bit like losing on the punt, but um, you know you sort of never get it back. But yeah, I, I guess he's going to be a really, really tough player to um, to not have. Him. So you might have to make things. It's a bit like having Teddy last year. So I think you've got to get him in. Um, and with that huge score in his average, he's, he's just going to go up and up the next couple of weeks. Mm, it's a tough one for us non-owners to deal with. Uh, again, I said I, I can't get him this week. Or if I could, I feel like I would be pulling my side apart. Uh, and I'd be foregoing probably Brian Toto, which I'm terrified of doing this week. So I want to lock him into my centre wing. Uh, anyway, but we'll see how it plays out. Uh, fellas, another one this week, Sam Walker up against the Storm. Talk about a baptism of fire for the young fella. He was tremendous on the weekend. 
Um, I was so excited watching him. I didn't play him in my side. Um, seeing him carve up the Sharks, uh, just those high-pressure plays, um, the nads he had to throw those big lofted cutout balls for those tries was just exceptional to watch. Not only to go for them, but to pull them off. Um, didn't play him in my Supercoach team despite owning him. Didn't worry me one bit because I was so in awe of how good that was to watch. Um, boys, I won't be playing him in my 17 this week. I wouldn't dream of it against the Storm down there. Desi, will you? No. I, I sort of put this question to you boys on the on the group chat and you said no way. So I'll, I'll back you in on this one. Um, I think the only half I'd ever be comfortable playing against Melbourne is Nathan Cleary. Mm, for sure, mate. Me too. Uh, I've spoken to the spy already. He said that uh, off air and he won't be playing Walker. He'll be playing Teague Wilton over him. Whilst uh, are you playing Walker this week? I don't think so. But what I will say is I don't think Melbourne are the formidable defensive side that they they once were. Um, so, you know, like even against the Bulldogs, you, the Bulldogs hadn't scored for two weeks and the Bulldogs went out and put 18 points on them. So they're, they're not as focused on defence. And that's that was the same last year as they have been. So this could be a higher-scoring game than people would anticipate. Um, but the problem with Sam Walker is at the moment he really doesn't have any base. So he's dependent on creating those tries. And they do have other ways to create those tries. And if you're a Teddy owner, you'd be hoping that he'd be involved in creating those tries or those line breaks and things like that. So um, I think I might sit him this week. Mm, yeah, a base of just 13 uh, for Sammy Walker. So you'd be a brave person to play him this week, I think, chasing last week's points and expecting anything similar. Uh, he could potentially go very, very low in that one. Uh, just while I've got it, I'm not going to bring it up later on the show. So uh, Adam Kieran coming onto the bench uh, due to the hooking woes at the Roosters. Uh, I think there's got to be a chance that he's a really, really good goal kicker. So got to be a chance that he kicks goals when he comes onto the field or if he does win that nine role or, you know, starting role at any point, a bit of a worry for Takiyaho owners. Uh, but while he's on the bench, uh, you can rest easy for now. Fellas, Teague Wilton. Uh, I jumped on him last week. The spy jumped on him last week. Uh, the, the thought was, prior to what happened on the weekend, was that, you know, he was going to make a lot of money, but then Britton Nakora was coming back this week, which would have taken his starting spot um, uh, but the, the basis of the buy was that if anything happens to any of these back rows or for some reason Wilton gets a sustained run at the starting back row spot or a starting spot in general at the Sharks, he could be the one that gets away that could make 200, 250K in the blink of an eyelid um, and just easy, easy money. So uh, my question now is, sorry, myself and the spy have got him. He's gone 78, 58 the last two weeks, a base of 55 and 56 in that time. He's 313K, negative 20 break even. Desi, is Teague Wilton on your radar this week or has the ship sailed? Oh, for sure he is. Uh, like I said, there's lots of good cheapies um, and cash cows popping up all over the place. Um, I'm just worried. I'm a bit more worried about Talakai as well coming back. I think he's back mm. next week, isn't he? He's on and the bench. I've uh, got named on the bench. Okay. So, yeah, he, he could take some minutes off, um, off Wilton as well. So... Yeah, I'm not. I I think there's a a few better options around. Maybe um, I'm happy to sort of wait and see. Um, but yeah, I probably won't be bringing him in. Yeah, Wade Graham uh, was concussed last weekend. It's his second concussion in three weeks. Um, you know, so you think he'd have to be at a little at a bit of odds there to come back next week as well. If that meant another eighty minute game for Teague Wilton next week, he's going to make some serious serious coin in that time. Um, 
Uh, I'll go over to one for you here, Walsh. Um, you've got a, a bit of an insight in, on Benny Condon having uh, had a bit to do with him in the past at local level footy or schoolboy it might have been. Uh, a pretty popular buy this week for good reason. I think he's about 186K, um, so he's a bit of a cheapy downgrade for a lot of people. Negative 28 break even, named to start for his third game this season. Mate, what are your thoughts on him as a buy? Is it fraught with a bit of danger or is the fact that Josh Maguire left the club to go to the Dragons today has to help him to some degree? Uh, is he a buy or a trap? Yeah, I'm not overly keen on him as a buy because um, his super coach uh, scoring output hasn't been great, even though I think he had a, a line break assist and a try on the weekend um, and he still didn't score overly well. Um, but also I just feel like Todd Payton is going to muck around with that side a little bit. Like this weekend, like if you saw the press conference, Todd Payton was – basically talking about Ruben Cotter like he was their best player. And then, I don't know, I might have missed an injury or judiciary news, but I can't see why Ruben Cotter's not even named in the 21. He's not even named in the 21 players. Like, they haven't given a reason for it. So, yeah, it, I just I just feel like if he's going to blood these kids, he's going to give them two or three weeks up and then one or two weeks in reserve grade, then bring them back up. I think he, he'll, he'll tinker with the – with the squad a bit like that this year. Yeah. Spy, is Condon on your radar or, or do you feel the danger as well like Wells? Yeah, I'm worried. He only played 49 minutes as well on the weekend. Um, the thing is, you know you make some cash, so it's pretty low risk. Uh, he's obviously basement price, so that's good. But again, back to the trade scenario, I'd hate to use a trade on him, see him make 50K, then get stuck with him. Um, I'm even considering going straight to Sean Bloor, who I'm anticipating to come back into that Tiger side and pay the buy. Pay the buy. Um, basically saving a trade for something pretty similar, uh, as I wouldn't be playing Condon in my side anyway. Yeah, like like um, like the Spices, um, Timmy, you know, you've got a budget for two, effectively two trades because you've got to get him in and then you've got to get him out. And that's that's sort of your problem. I guess Teague Wilton, you know, is maybe a bit more of a flyer if there's some way that he jags a second row spot. But I'm sort of with Desi with him as well. Like there's a lot of competition for spots there. Nakora's came, come back. Graham's definitely going to come back and be run on. Um, where does he fit into the side? Talakai's back on the bench. He, he might just drop out altogether and then you're stuck with a bloke that's not earning money and, you know, you've got to trade him out to get someone better in. Yeah, and, and that's why I, I thought that Wilton was probably a last week play. Um, you know, he was always going to play his 80 last week. There was the chance that he was going to get decent minutes some way or another this weekend. So he went up 63K last week. He's got a negative 21 break even again. So if he can score even 50 this week, uh, that's going to be another 50K up. That's 110K in two weeks with the potential for more. So, yeah, I mean, what was the, was the best option? Oh, the best option was last week. Whether he's by this week or not, um, might be, might not be, but I can seriously see him being the one that got away. Anyway, I'm glad it's a decision I don't have to make at the moment. Um, the other one that people are looking at a little bit is Jackson Topine or Topany. Apologies if I pronounced that wrong. Um, 173K, but that does look like a trap to me. Negative 11 break even. He only played 34 minutes on the weekend uh, for 23 points. The week before, 73 minutes for 53 points. But that was due to, I think, Lachlan Lewis going off injured. So, I mean, I, I think Topany's definitely a trap. Uh, and, I mean, Condon's got to be the best option out of them too. 
The other one from today's team news was that Ryan James missed the Raiders squad completely. Again, there's been no news on that uh, at the time of recording. I'm sure we'll find out whether that's injury-related or dropped or whatever. But, I mean, with the Raiders' depth, uh, who knows what's going on there. But, again, it's one that we don't have to consider this week. Ryan James, who looks set to make a little bit of cash as well. Um, Fellas, let's chat Isaiah Papali'i. Because you blokes, I know Desi owns him. Wallace is looking at buying him. I'm not keen on him because, I, I mean, I know he's on fire. He's looking exceptional. Can't knock what he's done. But he's got a negative four break even, so he's definitely going to make some money. 109 in his uh, rolling average. 530K for a bench forward walls. Mate, I just – he hasn't scored under 50 in base yet this season, so maybe he only needs that 50 to 60 minutes to score well. Um, w- would you be worried about paying that sort of price for a 55-minute player? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know uh... – I'm questioning it, but like my three trades when I came into this week, my three trades were around Teague Wilton, Matt Burton, and Isaiah Papali'i. Papali'i is the only one that I can back with any confidence to stay in the in the side in the seventeen, um, given you know players coming back for the other teams. But um, the one that I really would like to get in is Burton, but Papali'i's just been so impressive in his time on the field, but. One of the things that's concerning me a little bit when I look at bringing him in and well done to Des at getting him last week is um, am I paying like over the odds for him? You know, because I don't know if he'll he'll probably go on and he, I think he can get 55 to 60 a game, but are his minutes going to be up there as well? Because, you know, you've got Regan Campbell-Gillard, uh, Paulo and also um, – Nathan Brown, who's playing out, they're all playing really good footy. And as it comes into origin, they're all competing for minutes. So he's going to be in that rotation when Madison comes back. So, yeah, it's got me questioning it a little bit. Mm. Desi, I'll shoot to you on this one, mate, because I, I have a biased opinion on Cameron Murray. As we know, I've, I've been seeing his praises and, um, look, he's averaging just 56 points this season. He's lost 60 or 70K so far. Um, he's averaging 55 in base, which is awesome. Playing 65 minutes per game, which is fine for Cam Murray. Doesn't necessarily need to be playing 80. He, We thought that under these new rules, he would be one of the biggest benefactors and just tearing sides apart through the middle. He doesn't have an attacking stat to his name yet. No try, no try assist, no line break, no line assist. For that reason, I'm holding because I just think they have to come. I'll be holding. Desi, you're a Cam Murray owner. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. Um, I, I'm going to be holding as well. It's interesting you say he's he's on 65 minutes a game because he's he definitely hasn't been the last um, three weeks or so. He he played I think he played 80 and 75 in the first two, but it might have been injury affected ones. But definitely recently he's only been getting like 50 50 to 55 minutes. Yeah, averaging 57 his last three games. Yeah, so it, it's kind of not enough. You kind of need him up there towards or in the 60s. But, yeah, I do feel the attacking stats will come soon. He's looked so, so close. Um, I'm a bit biased as well, to be honest. Um, I remember he did score a double and sort of Walsh didn't have him <laughs> uh, back in the day. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think the tries will come. I think he'll score this week against the Tigers. I'm almost certain he will. Oh, mate, I'm with you, but I've been saying that for five weeks. So, he just, mate, something has to come eventually for him. And on top of that 55 base, when they do, I just, he should average 70. But again, I sound like a broken record talking up Cam Murray. So, I mean, if he's your, I'm holding, 
And I think he's at bottom dollar for what he has to offer. If he's your ticket to David Fafida, that's probably the only exception. But then you pay like an extra 250K, like far out. I can understand your logic there, boys, but I'd be a little bit concerned that all the attacking stats for the Bunnies are coming on that left edge, a little bit on the right lately. Um, I don't know how much damage they're doing through the middle, which is sort of the concern around Murray for mine. But in saying that, he's dropped in value now. He's not going to hurt you too badly with upside, so I can see why you'd want to hold for a little mm. bit at least. And, and I mean, he's not hurting us too much anyway. It's just that he's not offering what we'd sort of hoped he was. So anyway, we'll, we'll hold off on that one. Um, another interesting one for owners, and I think there may even be four of us here or three of us here, but he's Kurt Capewell, who is doing what we expected a little bit. He's getting big minutes in big games, played 71 minutes against the Raiders this week, played 80 against the Storm. Uh in the easier matchups with the depth in the back row at the Panthers, we can see him getting less and less minutes uh, around that sort of maybe 50 to 60 mark. Um, we saw him play 50 against the Dogs in the win there. Break even of 88, 480K. Um, Spy, what are you doing with Kurt Capel? Do, do you see him as a hold or is he a, a luxury trade or what do you reckon? Yeah, I think he might have peaked, boys. Um, I'll definitely have him, in the, have him in the luxury trade category, though, especially with their upcoming run. One school of thought is that he could, could score a few tries in their upcoming few matches, but also I can see him playing like 50 minutes because why do you need playing him 80 uh, when you've got other guys that can do the job if they're going to be winning easily? So that worries me. I'm actually having a huge look this week at moving Capewell. I could go to Brian Kelly, but I'm thinking about taking a fire on... Um, Momorowski. If you have a look at his numbers this year, they are outstanding. He's getting a lot of quality ball. Um, he's a good tackle buster and runner, and he's got a low break even. So the money that Capewell could lose, say 30, 40, 50K, I think Momorowski will make 50, 60, maybe 100K over the next month, assuming he holds his spot. That's my only risk there. Um, so I think if you can luxury trade Capewell, you might have a crack at it, but you certainly don't have to do it this week. It's hardly urgent, and that actually could come could come back to burn me, but we'll see what happens, eh? Mm, it's an interesting one. I said it. It shouldn't hurt you too much holding him, but uh, this week maybe it's a bit of a luxury trade. You know, we see, particularly with Jordan Ricky dropping near the bench this week, I think he's a sell. Tessie New's been dropped. Uh, while he won't hurt you while he's out of the team, he's made a fair bit of money. He's a sell. So I don't think Capel's a guy that you need to at the moment. And the other thing about if he does play 55, 60 minutes in these blowout wins, he's got to be a huge chance at jagging some attack in that period. Um, fellas, that's we're done with uh, the majority of the hot topics that, that I've brought up this week. Um, run me through, is there any guys that you're eyeing off that we haven't spoken about? Any team changes that might have come to mind? Any anti-pod plays you're looking at? Any pods? Um, pretty much anything that, that, that's taken your eye that you might be looking at. Desi, I'll start with you. Um, I don't know. I, I guess the big one was Simpkin coming in. Um, I was looking at maybe getting him in for uh, um, Connor Watson, but obviously Watson's gone back to lock, so... I don't think I'll make that, but I think I will make that trade potentially next week or the week after for the price rise, but I, I just want to see how he goes. I, I guess it's a tough one against South Sydney, but if he's as good as the lads say he is, he could be worth bringing him straight away. I, I'm not sure. I think maybe some people might make that trade this week. Mm, yeah, I, I, I think it's... I guess it, it, it makes sense in terms of cash generation, especially if you're looking at that money to get for feeder into your team. But, um, you know, Jake, Jake Simpkin, uh, Jacob Little out of the team entirely, which is a shame for his owners because with a break-even of 11, 
just one more game and he would have had a nice little another little price rise. But he's done a good job for owners regardless. So Moses Embiid probably does similar to what he did with Little and will come on and take 20-odd minutes off Simpkin. But an exciting watch. Uh, nonetheless, but again, we have time to watch Simpkin before we jump on. But if it's your, your avenue to freeing up cash, worth a look. Uh, Walsh, what about you, mate? Um, what are what are you sort of looking at this week? Yeah, I've written down a few names um, that I'm following. Looking closely at Matt Lodge, actually, um, he's pretty cheap. I mean, he's like about three hundred thousand. I was in, I'm impressed with the way that he's returned, and he's been getting decent minutes. Um, if you could go up to fifty five and sixty minutes, I'd be pretty much pulling the trigger on him, I think. Um, like Desi, I'm going to keep a close eye on Jake Simkin. I'm tempted to bring him in straight away, but it doesn't really fit my, um, my plans for the future because I've got Tex Hoy there, and I think he might be back, and he might be a handy play during the buy. So I'll see what happens. Um, also, I'm going to keep a close eye on Jazz Tavanga. He's been named it to start at lock. He got 82 last week, which is – more what we're used to with Jazz playing bigger minutes. Um, some of it might have had to do with injuries and things like that. But, geez, if Jazz gets back to the form of last year, he'll be um, a very close watch there and he might be worth um, having a crack at. Um, TPJ starting um, second row. There's two players that have gone from middle forward to second row that are worth a look. Um, TPJ and, to a lesser extent, Joe Offengawi. Um, who got a really big score on the weekend. They both go to starting edge roles. Actually, Offer started on the edge on the weekend for West. I thought I actually thought that was – I didn't think they'd do it again because I thought that was a lot of their issues because they got stripped short of numbers on the on their right edge defence. And uh, what I could see from what I watched was um, <coughs> caught out of position, getting dragged into the middle. I was keen to watch Ruben Cotter. Um, but he's not been named, so I'll just um, keep my powder dry on that one. Other, There's three other players. Um, Adam Kieran, to a certain extent, I think he might play a bit more of a role if he can get a starting gig there, maybe in the hooker role, um, because I don't I don't think the lad who's named at hooker is going to get off. Um, so he might be starting hooker, Adam Kieran. I don't think he'll get off the two-week suspension that's hanging over his head, young uh, Ben Marsky. And um, Bradman Best and... CSC for Talakai are two blokes that I'm I'm looking to bring in down the track as well. Mm, nice, mate. Um, just on anyone half interested in Joe O, who had one good week, I reckon Desi Creek would have been a chance at running over the top of Scott Drinkwater on the weekend on the edge there. So, mate, that is just an absolute goldmine for Supercoach scoring, whoever's running at uh, at Scotty Drinkwater in the halves. Um, Spy, I'll move over to you, mate, and I'll, I'll get your thoughts on a question firsthand. Uh, Connor Watson back to lock this week. We assume that he'll probably start from the bench again, Suaso Su to start at lock, based on what we've seen so far this season. Lots of people looking at potentially moving him on. Break even of 68, 475k, um, particularly with the likes of uh, Simpkins around now. Mate, uh, Watson, is he a hold until that round 13 buy, uh, where he'll be a vital number, or is he a guy that you, you might have to cut ties with a little bit earlier? It's a great question, mate. Um I actually had one of my one of my notes was to have a really good look at Reed Marnie, um, as opposed to his cousin Reed Mahoney, who I mentioned the other week in the <laughs> podcast. But um, I think Marnie is just something special this year. The way Parra's playing, he's running a lot, offloading. He makes a zillion tackles. 
He's got tries and try assists in him. So I wouldn't mind actually going Watson straight to him this week or next. Uh, I think he also plays the bye, which is great. But in saying all that, there's nothing wrong with Watson. I mean, he's going really well. Back to lock is a good thing. So let's see how his minutes are there. There was a little bit of talk in the preseason about Watson actually playing 80 minutes. Now, maybe that starts to happen if once his fitness comes along. So you'd hate to get rid of him and then him start playing 80. So maybe give it a couple of weeks, see how Jake Simpkin goes, and then um, we'll have a decision there because if Simpkin's going well and playing decent minutes, he'll be a nice cash cow as well. So a bit to watch there. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Wells? Oh, I just think it would be crazy to get to even consider getting rid of Connor Watson. If you have a look at his numbers, like he's been moved around everywhere just to – Filling gaps, you know. I think he's played five eight for maybe two and a half games, or at least one and a half games, or one and three quarter games. So um, he's been out of position. And with his scores, he's scored over fifty every time: fifty three, sixty one, hundred and four, fifty six, fifty two. Um, just give him some free run at that lock position if he can play sixty plus minutes. I just think I just think he's almost a keeper standard for me. But um, it's just the way that the games have gone for Newcastle and the injuries that they've had and how he's had to be moved around and that type of thing, I just don't think it's helped him. So I think if, if Supercoach can be a bit patient with him, then it'll pay off for him. Yeah, I probably agree, mate. And the way Schuster's going, he might peak in price in a couple of weeks and I might be able to move him to Mahoney. Uh, yeah. Mahoney. Yep. <laughs> okay. No, he's done it again. Uh, no, he's cousin. Uh, cousin Reed Mahoney. <laughs> it's because when, oh, you, <laughs> when you read his name, that's how it's written. If I'm just thinking about him, I'd never say it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we'll have a look at things. Um, but it's a really good point. It's it's a patience game in that sense. But Amani does have a lot of upside and plays the bye. Um, just some other boys I had written down were Matty Burton. He got mentioned earlier. No idea if he'll hold his spot or not. Uh, and he's moving clubs next year. But he is unbelievable. I would have him in a heartbeat over Stephen Crichton at left centre, that's for sure. Um, and he's cheap on that left edge. Gee, could be a good purchase. Um, he's one to keep an eye on there or potentially get in if you want him. Um, he's just in the halves there, which is tricky at the moment because there's a lot of value in there in the halves. If I had someone I was ready to move on, I'd probably get Burton this week. Uh, from the Titans, I like Brian Kelly, of course. He came back well last week. Um, and he's partnering crime on the, left e- on the left edge there, Corey Thompson. He's killing it. He's always had talent. He has his tackle bust, but he's running a lot. He offloads a bit, and just outside for feeder and Brian Kelly's making a bunch of line breaks. So, gee, I don't mind him either. Good run leading into the bye as well. Handy. There's some really good options around this week. It's, it's exciting for footy um, in both Real NRL and Supercoach. Uh, and finally, boys, I think Alex Johnson, if you own him like I do, um, his, three of, his good run of three or four weeks comes to an end either this week or next, depending how you view the Titans next week. So I think he's certainly one to move on uh, after that because they play the Raiders, Storm, Penrith, Eels and the Bye in the five weeks after that. So I, I wouldn't want to be owning AJ once you, once you get to that period. So find yourself a better centre for mine. Mm, yeah, and I think the the blokes here, as far as that Bunnies contingent goes, speaking about how difficult their run goes and then they don't play 13, probably the time to buy like AJ and Gagai was last week. But, I mean, Gagai going into last week, at the moment he's got a base of 37 playing on that Bunnies left edge. He's 
I mean, I, he's never really been super coach relevant. Yeah, he scraped the, the surface a little bit last year, but this week, this year, he's just you know blown things wide open, and he's a serious, serious option even with that tough run coming up. Fellas, let's jump into our bold predictions of the week. <clears throat> I will start with last week's recap, uh, and it's grim reading all round. Um, few tough uh, old predictions this week. There's been Desi Creek, Munster one twenty plus fail. Jai Arrow, 100-plus fail. Arrow got bugger all minutes there at the Bunnies. It shows how good their squad's going because, I mean, when you can afford to sit a Queensland star like Jai Arrow on your bench uh, and playing for 36 minutes, I don't know if I missed something there, but fair dinkum. Um, And then lastly, yeah, Nathan Cleary, sub-70, which was a fail. Not by a lot, though. Not a bad crack there, mate. I had the Troll Mitchell, 120-plus. Nailed that one. Cam Munster, 120-plus. I thought I put down Pappy for that, but I didn't fail. Uh, Jerome Lua, sub-45. That was a fail as well. Uh, and Boyd did Jerome Lua. I look good in that, who we haven't spoken about yet, but we will shortly when we get to a few questions. Walson Carlos, Ponga, 110-plus on return, was a fail. RTS, 100-fail. Fellas, we need to pick our games up here. Uh, I'm going to go straight to the man in form uh, to see if he can uh, turn things around for us. Spy, what have you got? I might just recap my own from Twitter, actually, Thursday Arvo, while we're here. Uh, I had Pappy 130-plus again, which I had until downgrades late, so you you bastards. Fail. <laughs> um, it's a fail, though. AJ a double versus Brisbane. He only got one. I cannot believe he didn't get a second. He was on, like, 70 Supercoach points after like, <laughs> 10 minutes, and I, was abs- I couldn't sit down, and he ended up on about 85, which is still great, but could have been more. And I had Dave Fafita 105-plus once more, which I did get, so that's a bit of success there. But on to this week's, boys. Um, I've got four. I've gone... I've gone a bit Jesus. a bit aggressive. I just I didn't know which one to leave out. I've it's a couple got, of good weeks, Spy, and all of a sudden you're recapping your, your own calls, you're adding extras, mate. The confidence is as high as I've ever seen it. That's where you need to be, mate, to, to win this. <laughs> um, we're going to go Momorowski 90+. plus. Uh, it is against Brisbane, but still he hasn't scored that all year. I think 90+, plus is a good purchase this week. I think Tino will bounce back. Uh, with 80 plus, uh, he's obviously had a few quiet weeks, but I think he'll have a big one this weekend. Maybe even score a try, hopefully. Barnett, 85 plus without kicking. I think he'll remind everyone how good he can be. And this should nearly be everyone's this week because anything could happen. But Brian Toto, 130 plus uh, on Thursday night. Jeez, mate. Good stuff. Uh, I'll throw to Desi Creek because I've forgotten about him about the last 15 minutes. He'll be getting, co- getting a cold over there in the corner. Desi, mate, uh, sorry for, for bypassing you. What have you got for us this week? Uh, I've gone Pups and Teddy to combine for under 135. Uh, Bailey Simonson to finally score a try and go 70-plus. And the main man, Nathan Cleary, 150-plus. Jesus. That is huge. And as a very popular captaincy option, that is going to be massive. Uh, Wallace, what have you got? Uh, you've gone uh, Brian Toto and Matt Burton, two hundred plus, two hundred plus combined. Uh, Schuster eighty plus, and Val Holmes ninety plus. Mm, good stuff, mate. Uh, I've gone with. I'm going with, uh, Kalen Ponga. Shifting off his right foot, beating man on the inside, just a little pop pass to a hard running Mitch Barnett for a try assist. So KP is going to set Barnett up for a try assist, which will lead to a 90-plus score from Mitchie Barnett. 
like the spy, he'll remind people of what a good super coach player he's going to be this year, despite the no kicking. Uh, and while we're on Mitchie Barnett, with KP out for Origin, if you do hold Barnett through to that period, he will be, you'd think, kicking goals come round 13 as well, which is pretty valuable. Brian Toto with you boys, 120 plus. He'll probably do that in base. Uh, and then Cody Walker. I held him last week and I need him to repay the faith. So I'm going to go 110 plus and for him to burn anyone who sold him last week, namely being Desi Creek. <laughs> Fellas, let's jump into our round six trades. Des, what have you got? Um, I've gone currently, uh, I was tossing up between trading out Paulo and Murray, but I think a little chat here has convinced me to hold Murray just for one more week against the Tigers, see how he goes. I'll go, I think, Paulo to Matty Lodge. Um, Walsh has reminded me that Lodge is, is looking pretty good. He's getting 50. Mm. I think he's a, he's a pretty solid trade-in, and he, he allows me to free up 250-odd K for my second trade, trading Tessie New to Brian Toll. And right, yeah. I think I'm just going to straight Captain Cleary. No mucking around. Love it, mate. Yeah, Lodgy wrapped him all preseason, came out, hammy 10 minutes into round one, a couple of weeks out. Now he's back on the radar and, yeah, definitely looks a good buy. Um, Spy, what are you doing? Yeah, it's, I've got a plethora of options under the belt this week, lads, but I, I'm half considering saving two trades. Um, I saved one last week. If I could save two this week before going mad for the rest of the season, that could mm. come in handy. Uh, the reason I'm thinking that is because I'm just not sure what to do with Jordan Ricky at the moment of who to bring in. Um, at the moment, I'm going to go down to Sean Bloor, um, anticipate him to come back for the buys. And the other option then, we've mentioned a couple, but I think I might get rid of Cape World just because I have the luxury at the moment and get in Momorowski. Um some combination of that at this stage. And captaincy-wise, it'll be a Penrith player Thursday night. I'm thinking probably Cleary as well, just over Luai, just because he's goal-kicking. He could have sort of eight, nine, ten goals, and then he'll be hungry to put on a bit of a show, I reckon, with his halves partner being in such good form. He just want to remind the, uh, the Penrith faithful that he's the main man uh, at the foot of the mountains there. Very good. Walsh? Yeah, I was pretty certain on my trades, but um, I'm getting less less and less certain by the minute. I was actually bringing in um, Teague Wilton for Ricky, but I'm questioning that at the moment. And then I was going to bring in Isaiah Papali'i and um, get rid of one of uh, Tino, Paulo or Barnett. So that was my initial plans. But, um, yeah, it's all up in the air at the moment for me because I, I, def- I definitely will trade out Ricky, I think. I don't. I can't see myself holding him. Um but I'm not totally sure who I'm going to bring in yet, boys. Mm, okay. Um, and Skipper, mate? Uh, I think I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably just go straight Captain Cleary. If I don't straight Captain Cleary, um, yeah, I mean there's, there's there's a temptation there to go someone like a Brian Toto. I think Brian Toto will go really, really well um, against that Broncos right-hand edge, but uh, I don't know if I'm brave enough to go him a straight captain. Well, so I'm a big fan of Ta'o this week as well, mate. Um, last time he had the easy encounter was Manly a few weeks ago. He scored 121. Um, he could do anything. I just don't see why if you – I mean, Spy, you, for example, own Drome Luai. 
I mean, there's risk in Tyo despite his base. You know, if he doesn't score tries or the Broncos turn up for the first time in two years. But, I mean, Jerome Luai is going to be feeding him for half his tries. So surely you go um, Luai with the massive upside over Tyo if you were leaning away from Cleary. Not necessarily, just because Toto's base is so, so good. Uh, I'm certain he'll get a line break at some stage, so he'll probably score at least 60 anyway. Whereas Luai, if things don't go his way in terms of if other guys get try assists on the back of some good play from him or Cleary, then maybe he only gets 30 or 50. Uh, it'd be very unlikely, but it could happen. Whereas I think you can lock that base in for Toto and his upside. doesn't. The thing about Toto on that left edge, it doesn't matter if... Burton sets him up, Luai sets him up, Cleary sets him up. He's still the bloke on the end of that back line, so he could easily score three or four, and that's sort of what I'd have in mind if I did go him. Yeah, I just think I just think Spy, I'm, I'm a bit with Timmy on that one. I actually just think that if you've got Luai, he's such a good he's such a good player to have, and um, I don't know if he's in pod territory, but he's not owned by a lot of teams. So yeah, I, I'd certainly be seeing or seeing him. Ah, oh, fair enough, boys. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, for me, at this stage, it'll be it'll definitely be doing Tessie New to Brian Toto. To do that, I have to free up a bit of cash, so it'll probably Ricky to Condon. Uh, Walsh has given me a bit to think about with Condon, but uh, again, at least it should make money. I already own Sean Bloor, but I don't mind the Bloor ploy with uh, him to play round 13 as well, hopefully, once back from injury pretty soon. Um, but I'll have a little bit of a look around if there's maybe another way to make the money, but looks the goods to me. Uh, and then Skipper Nathan Cleary, uh, I'm, I'm tempted just to put the VC on him and go Skipper Cody Walker. Um, but again, Cleary looks the goods up there. I've just been a little bit worried. I'm not worried as a Cleary owner, but as a Cleary skipper, um, I know he's averaging 92, but gee, Jerome Lewis been so good on that left edge. They're getting so much attacking ball. They're doing a bit of that um, old traditional sort of Halfback plays his first receiver, gets the side around, uh, and Luai just swings out the back as a, as a ball-running 5'8". And gee whiz, Luai's getting a lot of attacking stats out of it, taking away from Cleary. But uh, look, I just think Cleary kicking goals, even if they do put 40 on him and Cleary doesn't have tries or assists, you can probably add 30 points in goals on that one. Um, fellas, let's jump into a few quick questions, then we'll wrap things up. Uh, and it's a really good one on this exact topic from Cyril Jenkinson to fire things away. What are the chances of Luai and Toto being picked for New South Wales and missing 13? Uh, I'll start with you, Desmond Creek. Old mate Cyril. Uh, I think they're a pretty bloody good chance to be picked, to be honest. Um, I think Luai is just by far the inform 5'8", and I think Freddie would be off chops if he doesn't pick him, to be honest. And Toto as well, just massive tackle bust ability. I think he has to be picked. I think they both do. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. And, and I mean, big super coach ramifications because if Luai doesn't play Origin, uh, I mean, it means he's available for round 13, which is enormous. Um, Panthers play 13, yeah? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's huge. I'm with you. I think Toto, you know, you'd be pretty hard hard going past Brian Toto for Origin, but I think you'd want him in your team regardless. But what it does mean is if Luai gets picked, it means Cody Walker probably doesn't, which means he plays the second big buy round. Um, but again, there's a lot to play out between now and then. Um, one from Connor Forgery. Uh, we'll touch on it quickly just for anyone thinking likewise, despite the fact that we've semi-covered it already. Are the likes of – well, Tessie New's been dropped, but he says, are the likes of New and Ricky worth holding given their round 13 availability? Fellas, prior to today's team list with New dropped and Ricky on the bench – potentially Ricky was worth holding, but uh, whilst I think they've just both got to go now, don't they? 
Yeah, I think so, Timmy. I think, you know, Ricky could work his way back into that side, but I think they're sort of in a similar position to the Cowboys. Kevy's going to rotate that roster around. You know, you'll see Corey Oates probably come in and he'll be playing for his future and things like that. So at some stage, there's a lot of moving parts there at the Broncos. They know they're not going to make the finals, so he's just trying to work out um, what players are going to take forward into the future and who they need to buy, I think. Mm. Question from Harry Bass. Uh, this one's I'm going to you, Desi. Out of Brian Kelly, Tyrone Peachy, and Val Holmes, who should I get in my centres? Uh, I think it's got to be Kelly. Uh, I'm not sure about Peachy's um, in the middle there as a forward. I don't I don't know how long it'll last as well. But I think Kelly coming back, he's just he's, he's looked straight away to be in form. He'll get plenty of line break assists. He's got Corey Thompson outside him. He'll put him over for a few and he'll score a couple himself. I think Kelly is your man. Mm. Spy, Mr. Schneebly uh, asks, Hey guys, I really want to get To'o in this week, but unfortunately we'll have to sacrifice one of three out of Capewell, Laurie and Fergo. I can't afford him otherwise. Which of those three would you be cutting for Brian To'o? Very happy to cut Capewell there, mate. Um, Certainly to get To'o. Uh, no questions asked. I'll be happy to get rid of him. Got to mention as well on that first question from Cyril about the Penrith boys potentially playing Origin. Don't let that sway you with regards to buying them at this stage. There's a lot to play out between now and then and the points they could make, even if they get picked and the price money, price rises they make could just be huge. So don't let that worry you. It'll be an interesting watch come round 13, uh, which will also see Burton play for Penrith at that stage as well, which Walsh mentioned um, off air earlier. <laughs> Whilst a question from Gail Force ninety two says, "Is it worth pulling the trigger on Suwali now for James Roberts, especially after the weekend?" And I think it's a relevant question. I mean, it's probably worth cutting James Roberts. He's just been trash from a Supercoach perspective. Um, Suwali missed the squad entirely this weekend. I look, maybe there was a little, uh, might have been a, an injury niggle or something from the weekend. Why he wasn't, but was named outside the extended squad. People were looking at bringing him, him in, thinking, oh, you know, he'll get a run over Origin or he'll play at some stage of the season, mate. Not necessarily. Um, would you would you be avoiding Suwali until we get a bit more belief that he'll definitely play this year, or you know, it, it looks a little bit fraught with danger to me. Yeah, but the problem is, and it's been the problem all year, there's no cheap centre wings emerging. So I've always had Suwali team since day dot because I believe that he's going to get a start. Um, he got the exemption, but it might be a moot point because he's like, you know, he, he might not even get a start before, you know, the time when he was allowed to play anyway. But, yeah, I, I think he eventually gets a start. And I think once he plays, he probably stays in the side. Like I think he probably, you know, establishes himself in the side. Although you probably look at that, you probably look at that Roosters backline. You go, well, how does that happen? And yeah, that's the hardest thing to see at the moment. I think the problem is for Robinson. He knows that if he plays him, he's probably going to keep his spot in the side. So it's, <laughs> it might be dependent on an injury. Yeah, tough problems over at the Roosters, despite the plethora of injuries. But mate, uh, one from the legend Matty Broom. Trading Fusatua or Simonson to Toto, which of those cheapies is better to keep? Uh, I know Fusatua has been is out, I think, only for a week now. Um, but, again, both cheapies we started with, both underperforming. Um, look, I, I assume Matty Broom wasn't playing either of my only 17 this week anyway, so the, the trade is still – the question is still relevant. Um, Des, would you get rid of Fusatua or Simonson first? Definitely Fusatua. I actually – 
I unfortunately played him in my 17 this week, believe it or not. Oh, still managed 1,300 somehow. But, yeah, it's just watching him. It was it was really agonizing. The guys inside him literally just don't pass him the ball. I think he's got uh, Katoa inside him. And who's the center there for Warriors? Uh, I'm not sure. I think Montoya's playing there at the moment. Yeah, it's Montoya. He, he just yeah. doesn't pass the ball at all. So Fusatu, is, he just doesn't look – it looks like only RTS is – ever going to be able to feed him a ball so I just don't see him scoring any tries or I think Simonson he, he had a quiet game last week but I think his base is still around 30 35 and he's got much more tackle boss ability than Fusatua I'll probably be playing Simonson this week mm. to be honest mate I'd um I'd bring Blake Ashford out of retirement before I'd play Marcelo Montoya in my centers but anyway he's done some good things on the wing I just don't know about him as a center just because as you said Des he just doesn't pass the ball uh, last one to wrap it up from Dan O'Connell. Um, Spy, Bird versus Peach is a trade-in this week. Both have great draws and both play around, seven, around 13, should I say. Uh, Bird, not a bloke we've spoken about on today's episode, but he's been, he has back-to-back 71s, looking pretty good. Uh, would you go Bird or Peachy? Yeah, to be honest, I'm probably not super keen on either uh, for different reasons. Peachy's minutes being the big question. Uh, and Bird, who I quite like, but coming off his injury history would worry me. But if you're picking between the two, you probably take um, Peachy's upside, don't you? Cause you know he's got tons in him, and if he does play big minutes, um, you know he'll go well there. So I'd take Peachy out of those two. Nice, mate. And I think we'll wrap that up for today's show. Uh, guys, again, give us our feedback. Um, if you can just shoot us a message uh, on any of our social accounts or email us at supercoachplaybook at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the new format of the show, whether you like it or if you prefer the regular version of the show, the format where you know we go through the team changes, um, let you know who's playing, who's not playing, uh, and have a bit of a chat about every team and probably maybe cover a few more people, maybe a few less hot topics. Um, give us your feedback and basically we'll run with whatever you think or any other tweaks to the show we want as well. Also, don't forget to jump into the forum on our website, uh, Supercoach Q&A with the contributors, with like-minded Supercoach fans. Uh, it's really kicked off the last two, three weeks. There's been awesome chat in it, really good discussions. Um, we're making more and more improvements to that forum, so I'm keen to get you guys into it uh, to chat about things there because it's a way easier way for us as well to get in and answer questions while, rather than just having peppered to us on social uh, and only choosing between a few on the podcast. Uh, anyway, that's it for today, guys. So thank you for tuning in. Spy, thank you. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Desi. No worries, boys. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Wiles. Thanks, lads. Good week. Good luck for the weekend, eh? Righty, guys. Thanks for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Like